here's a quote. When BJ Raymond has to play point guard in a really clutch game, you're at the bottom of the barrel, Miller said. <laughs> He's never played point guard for a second in his career, and he did for 10 of the toughest minutes out there today. It's all about surviving more than anything. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> this is the Sean Miller Podcast, presented by Deer Park Roofing. Now, here's your hosts, Paul Fritchner and Adam Baum, with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. Welcome into another episode of the Sean Miller Podcast. Paul Fritschner, Adam Baum with you. Of course, the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. And we have a special guest today, BJ Raymond. BJ, thanks for joining us today on the Sean Miller Podcast. We have so much to talk about, so much to relive from your career, both coaching, playing, everything here at Xavier. And before we get to all that, we want to thank our sponsor, Deer Park Roofing, for helping make this show possible. I want to thank each and every one of you who have subscribed, who have listened to the show, who shared it around the college basketball world. We've gotten some great feedback so far over the last few weeks. Um, and now here we are and just motoring right along. So it's great to be with you guys. And uh, this should be a lot thank of fun. Thank you. No, it's an honor. It really is. It's an honor. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Is this the first podcast you've ever done? I think so. So you're in trouble. I'm going to tell you right now, you want to make some extra takes. takes. BJ, not everybody knows this. Uh, Certainly you and I do. And you probably already know what I'm going to say, because we've talked about this quite a bit over the last, I guess it's been 19 years. But, you know, when you when you become a, a head coach from being an assistant coach, you really are locked in on those forever moments. And that's the first Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, the, the, the university that gives you your first opportunity. For me, I was blessed. It was this place right here, Xavier. But then you become a head coach, and now you need people to believe in you. And it's not the same thing as being an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. So you're the first player that committed to me as a head coach. And if I remember it correctly, I would have been the assistant coach with Coach Mata, I had spent a lot of time recruiting you from Toledo St. John's High School. We made you a priority. When we talk about being first in line, I think we really backed that up through our efforts in recruiting you. But Coach Mata left us and went to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I then became named the new head coach here at Xavier. And, you know, I think the first thing that was on my mind is, God, I wonder if BJ will stay committed Mm -hmm. because uh, he would have to commit to me and, my record zero and zero. <laughs> so the belief without evidence, you did it. And uh, obviously it certainly worked out on all of our ends. I, I know I could speak wow. for me as a coach in this this program. We benefited so much from the four years that you were here. And I know we'll talk about that some, but uh, do, you, do you think about that? Or have you, have you reflected back on what I just said? I mean, it was a, it was a no brainer. Uh, for me, first time actually meeting you was at a five-star basketball camp. I don't think that's around right now. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, Coach, uh, you know, our, our connection has been good from the beginning. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And, uh, I mean, I left here when technically we left here. That's right. Um, yeah. We were the all-time winningest four years. We had the most uh, NCAA uh, games, and we also had the most uh, NCAA wins in a four-year span. And that's something that I, you know, I I cherished uh, just from being with Coach. Uh, He had a year before me, but those four years that I was here, uh, I think it embodied uh, what he saw in me and also what I saw in him through a lot of talks is that um, winner. 
You know, um, that's something about me that a lot of people don't know. No, no matter if it was high school or playing overseas, I was a winner. I won championships. I won games. I know how to win. Adjustments on the fly. Um, and coach does too. Um, he knows how to pick winners. And uh, that's something that I, I, when I look back at our, our four years that we had together and that you went on and you continue to win. And so did I. And a lot of the lessons you taught me and um, what it takes to do, what it takes every single day, um, that's why we are a perfect fit. And we mm -hmm. are to this day. Yeah. So BJ and I, the, the initial connection and original connection when we began recruiting him, and again, I would have been the assistant here at Xavier. And as a staff, we recruited him. But I, I was the person really doing uh, the work and the communication. But BJ's dad, who has since passed and left and left us, he was a, a high school player at a, at a summer basketball camp called BC Basketball Camp mm -hmm. in Milledgeville, Georgia. My dad would have been a high school coach. I would have been at the time, man, nine, ten years old. And, you know, my dad, as oftentimes as he would, he, he worked the, the BC camp. Back then, I mean, we're talking about it was a camp like Five Star where the best of the best traveled all over the country to come to this camp. Milledgeville, Georgia was really hot. Uh, my dad went, worked the camp, brought me with him. BJ's dad was a camper. He was a camper. I'll never forget. He told me that. I looked at him and said, there's no way you would have been a camper <laughs> when I was there. And he remembered me because I was like high school coach's son shooting around, doing you know the different things you do as a little kid. But uh, that was like our initial connection. And BJ's dad was a terrific player and uh, just a wonderful person and man. And, Appreciate you know, that, we all come from you know, that lineage, BJ, where people help us, I would imagine from your perspective, a big reason you started to play basketball is because of your dad. 100%, 100%. And the reason why I stuck it out and, uh, you know, shout out to Pops, um, may he rest in peace. But I mean, he was a, he was a mentor to me my entire life. Uh, he gave me uh, the tools as far as he made it um, to be successful. And uh, just as Coach Miller is a father figure to a lot of people, gives tools and lessons and life lessons uh, to help you be successful. And now what you do with those tools and how you use those tools, uh, that's, that's up to you. But uh, he definitely put some tools in my bag. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that to my dad. I appreciate that to Coach. You know, and, uh, you know, you got you to gotta use those tools. It's time to implement things. So my wife still talks about this, BJ. I wouldn't say it was my finest moment, but it was a moment. Mm -hmm. So it would have been BJ's senior year, and uh, he had talked about it. We were coming off of an Elite Eight. Uh, we were highly ranked. He was one of, I would say, two or three leaders on our team. and We had obviously a really good team as well. We, we got off to a great start uh, in, in your senior year. We went to San Juan, the San Juan shootout mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico. Yep. And we played three teams, Virginia Tech, Dante Jackson hit an 80-foot shot at the buzzer to, uh, to win. Mante, Rampage, <laughs> shout played, out, baby. We played Missouri, and Missouri uh, was a three-seed, I think, that year at the time. They were mm. really, really good. A couple players that were on their team were playing in the NBA. And we played Memphis. 
and Memphis was a one or two seed. We won all three games. I mean, I remember uh, a friend of mine called after the tournament and said, how does it feel to be on Thanksgiving Day and know you're already in the NCAA tournament? (laughs) (laughs) But we got off to a great start, and uh, BJ was the leader. So we had this game scheduled in early December, and it was in New Jersey, and we played Duke. Now, what I didn't realize as the young coach is Duke – for, for Coach K, he always really targeted that game as almost their final tune-up before ACC began. And he would pick a team that he thought would be good, and they were going to put all efforts in for that week and go there. If you know anything about Duke, New Jersey and New York, they have a ton of fans. What I didn't know is I think at that point he would have been like 21-0 and 0 in that game. Like he, he had played a version of that game for 20 years and had never lost. So we would have been – Game 22. They had an excellent team. Matter of fact, John Shire was yeah. playing. He was great on that day. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to shorten the story. We were on CBS. We were ranked. And I remember giving these guys a pep talk. We're going to go to Duke. We're going to we're gonna compete against Duke. We got no fear. We're not flinching. We're going to show everybody how tough Man. we are. We're undefeated. We play the best of the best. Everything you could say to a group of guys, that, that's what I would have said. And I really think we probably all believed it. We were down, I think, 23 to nothing. (laughs) That thing was over so quick. They they, they actually, after the end of the game, people would say, you know, we really weren't able to watch it. That's the good news because they turned your game off (laughs) eight minutes in. I mean, they beat us. They beat us so bad. I mean, you could still feel it today. Yeah. So during the game, young coach just trying to get the most out of my team. You know, I was looking around. BJ may have screwed something up or missed a couple of shots. Man, I went and really went at him in the huddle. Uh, and I have a habit, and I realize this. I'm trying to get away from it. Back then, it was way worse. When I really get upset in the huddle, I spit. Not, I'm not trying to spit on anyone, but it just... All over your face. Yeah. It's bad. But, yeah. uh, you know, you knew where he's I've coming from. I've got a lot from. better at and that. And I though. think I remember, because <laughs> at that point in time, I think I was... A little nervous or you know i don't know the situations but i went i want to stretch it's out there on tape somewhere where I, my first shot of those particular games were air balls i still remember <laughs> to this day um every first shot that i shot for maybe for the prior two or three games were air balls and i airballed the first shot <laughs> in that game and uh i mean he, he ripped into me i'm tired <laughs> of seeing it <laughs> tired of seeing it scared Pretty good impression. But but, so here's where I'm going on this story. Keep in mind now that's, God, that's 15 years ago, 16 years ago at this point. So the fact I remember this must have been something, right? So what I didn't realize is back to BJ's dad, and BJ's dad is a big man. I mean, how tall would you, how tall? Uh, He's a little taller than me, about 6'7", 6'8", something like that. 6'8". Yeah, 6'8". And he takes up the room, I mean, he looks the part, and uh, he's right behind the bench because that's where our parents' seats were. Well, I had no idea he was right behind the bench. My wife, who was at the game, she was in that area as well. So because she was that close, she heard everything that I said as well, and she has to sit about two seats over from BJ's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well... There's two parts to this. First, after the game, you know, I'm like, I can't believe we lost this bad. My wife looked at me and said, 
I cannot believe you, you yelled at BJ Raymond like that. Do you know his dad was one row behind the bench? You're lucky he didn't get up and just knock you out. I'm like, I didn't say anything wrong to BJ. You didn't say anything wrong to BJ. You you were spitting and oh, a poor kid just sat there and listened. And, I mean, it's Duke. What do you expect? I mean, blah, blah, blah. okay, I get it. I get it. I remember thinking like, God, she's right. BJ's dad. So I saw him probably about two or three weeks later. I said, Ben, first of all, I want to apologize. I probably, not intentionally, went at BJ too much. He's our leader. I love him. And we needed him to be more of a leader in that moment. And, and I, I went, and you probably heard every word. And he said, Coach, you never, ever have to worry about getting on my son. That's why, that's why he's at Xavier. And that's why he's going to be good. And he knows you care about him. And don't even waste five seconds telling me or apologizing. I did hear it. He goes, now, I will tell you, when the spit started coming and hitting me, I knew you were mad. (laughs) But there would be a long line of guys that would say, oh, when he gets mad, spit. I really Mm -hmm. try my very best to be in control of it today. I'd say, look, I'm 50% better at least. I don't know about that. uh, I was reading the box score that game last night, getting ready for this and thinking back to that and that Duke game, what stands out to you from that game? I mean, you said how quickly you felt like it was over, but I I feel like that game in some ways, when you think back to that team and the experience that you guys had on that team, I mean, is that a game that stands out to you or is that one you just kind of wipe away? Oh, I I wipe it away. I I can remember the funny points, like, like coach getting on me, me airballing the shot. I came out of halftime. I made a shot and, and growled at the bench, uh, the Duke bench. And he said, go, go run it down the court coast. Shut up. The game's already over. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you're too late. <laughs>The Sean Miller Podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Deer Park Roofing. Protect what's important with Deer Park Roofing's industry-leading training, expert attention to detail, and responsive service. From commercial and residential replacements to roof repairs, gutters, and more, request a free estimate today at DeerParkRoofing.com. That's DeerParkRoofing.com. Anyway, yeah, but that was when we were building our program to do things that we had not done before. And that would have been a December game against a program like Duke on a neutral court, one shot deal on CBS. You know, those are, those are the moments we were looking for. We felt like we had earned the right to take that next step. And, and I really say this with tremendous pride. I think it's those types of decisions long ago that forged a good path for our program to today be in the Big East, you know, where when you, you, you can't step up and go to that higher ground unless you really challenge yourself. And this group really, the competition that they played in non-conference, you know, the way we, we moved towards the top of the Atlantic 10, a great conference at the time. And then the postseason success, you know, it's one thing to get there, it's another thing to advance. And, you know, in BJ, He went from losing a heartbreaker in round one to Gonzaga to beating BYU and losing maybe the toughest defeat that any of us ever experienced at Ohio State State, to an Elite Eight 
game was over in about 30 seconds against UCLA. <laughs> and then a Sweet 16, a really tough loss to Pitt, who is the one seed there. I mean, you think about it, that was this guy's four years. So when he and guys like C.J. Anderson, Derek Brown, when they talk about their career, that's why they wear, wear their career with so much pride because they blazed the trail in this program that really helped the future. And I believe this, that they played a schedule and challenged themselves, maybe unlike any group that had ever done it before, and they won a number of those games too, you know. And I, I think that that momentum really kept going years after we left. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a saying that simply says, you know, you can't knock the caterpillar and praise the butterfly. I mean, our, our I mean, I, I like to say our because, you know, D. Brown was three years, CJ was two. I was all four. And for me, it's not all five, but all four. And and, and the growth that we, you know, the, fa the, the, the foundation that we laid, and it, it just continued to trend through Coach Mack, through everything. Through, afterwards, it just this boom. And, um, you know, the, the, the beauty of where we are now from where, you know, we came from through from when I was deciding on where I want to go and it was D West, it was Lionel, it was Sato, it was, you know what I mean? And like, um, just to see where we are now and, uh, see what the guys have now from the inside, not even from the outside is, is amazing. Three gyms. When I, when I had one, when I came on board and I started to cover Xavier, I, people would always talk to me about about you, about BJ. And I, you know, you were before my time being involved with the program. And I sort of wondered, you know, what is it about this guy? And I think there were a lot of things. Coaches already hit on a lot of them. But I think you endeared yourself to a lot of people with some particular moments. And the one that everyone likes to talk about is the West Virginia game in the NCAA tournament. So I'm just curious, can we turn back the clock? Can we go back to that one? Because if I remember correctly, you didn't score all game, right? You're absolutely Until... right. I was stinking it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then what changed? This, is a, this game goes into overtime. Yep. I mean, you can't, you know, everything isn't about the result. You know, it's about the work. And I can say that about myself, um, that I, I had put in hours and hours and hours and hours of work. Uh, that if anybody knows me, they say I do not have any lack of self-confidence about basketball. And, um, you know, honestly, I, I've worked hard for that moment and coach have faith in me. I think, honestly, somebody fouled out. Maybe he lost faith in that moment <laughs> and had no other choice but to put me back in. But um, I would say, yeah, you know, uh, I think it might have be, might have been D. Brown or, or, or C.J. fouled out. Hack masters that they are, uh, they fouled out, and um, you know I think a fast break layup is what got me going, um, and then he drew up a play for me to hit a three, and then coming up towards the end, the play wasn't to me. First of all, everybody, I'm glad everybody thinks about me, but the true person is Josh Duncan. I mean, he was amazing that day. He had like 26 points. He was a monster, and. Um, that gets overlooked, and that's a shame. But, um, you know, I think I was the fifth option. Even the guy out of bounds was before me. <laughs> they skipped it across half court, took a dribble or two. I think it was Stanley who threw it to me. And, uh, you know, you know, God willing, through all the work, you know, and uh, honestly, that was just all the work I feel like I had put into that moment, you know, um, and it went in. And to be honest with you, I think I still, 
I bursted a vein, vein uh, in my neck, screaming so hard, running down the court, blacked out. That's why I missed the two free throws, coach. I was seeing dots <laughs> at the free throw line, you know. Could have iced the game. Everybody, I missed two free throws. <laughs> it wasn't a one-on-one. I missed both to ice the game. And, uh, you know, luckily they missed a long, uh, long uh, three-point shot. Um, and, and, and we came away with the win. But to be honest with you, you know, Everybody talks about that game, and I love it. But the game that I truly love and people don't understand is Georgia. I mean, we were a three seed, right? And I think at that point in time, that was like tied for the highest seed we ever had. Mm -hmm. So we had nerves, and everybody knew the the pressure we had had. I mean, we were ranked, um, we were ranked in the season really high, and and Georgia's got us down eleven. I still remember to this day. I can, I can taste the popcorn, the sweat, see the smoke, and I'm looking at the guys, and I'm like, yo, is this it? <laughs> and I mean, and Georgia tries to come out and throw punches, and I think, honestly, the first four-minute war was like tied still. And um, to actually be in that moment and, and understand between our the brotherhood that we had and we went back to our roots and what he, we were a defensive team. And to really like clamp, clamp up, I mean, it could have been over. I mean, people don't understand that, that in that moment, it was, I mean, Georgia, people don't understand Georgia was hot. I think they had just coming off SEC, they had, they were hot. And they, they came for our mouth. <laughs> to me, that game was who we, who we are. As we were tough, we were hard nosed. We came to work every day and no, we're not going out this way. We're not going out this way. And I, I love the West Virginia game, you know, that it, Georgia game. It's really ironic because we were three seed and we played Georgia. And you'd say, well, that means Georgia was a 14 seed. And if you remember, that's when I think the dome of the SEC tournament, something happened to the roof of the dome. Do you remember this? And, and uh, the game ended up getting canceled or something, but somehow Georgia ended up winning, I think four, four games in yeah. four days to mm -hmm. even qualify for the tournament. And uh, you know, it's a tough 14 seed to play, a team from the SEC. And by the way, we were playing them in Washington, D.C., not far from where they're at. But I bring it up because it was a noon game and the danger in the NCAA tournament on that noon game, especially if it's on Thursday, is it's on you quickly. And at the end of that game, if you lose it, it's as if you didn't even make the tournament. Because n there's no other games that have even unfolded. So it's almost like, yep, you're there and gone. And the crowd for those noon games oftentimes is sparse. So you work your whole season to play in the NCAA tournament. The pageantry, you see it on TV and you're like, wait, there's nobody at our game. It's 12 noon. So there was some adjustment of the seed, the team we were playing, the time of the game, and being down double digits at halftime. Well, you fast forward to this past year, BJ was there, mm -hmm. very similar. You know, three Kennesaw. seed, Kennesaw. a group of guys that had not been in a tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think nerves were a part of it, playing a very good team, Kennesaw State. Mm. And uh, those guys were playing loose and free. They had a great crowd. Again, one of the first games of the tournament, not a lot of people, down double digits at the half. And I remember thinking, like, I hey, wonder if it's going to turn out the same way <laughs> as the Georgia game did. And it really was similar. It really was similar. We put it together in the second half, but it just goes to show what makes the NCAA tournament so special. It has no bearing on the seed you have. You have to be ready to go, and there are some things that are out of your control. Uh, and uh, 
But to win both of those games, BJ talked about it. Mm. You know, we then went on to win Purdue. Yeah. Beat Purdue. And then we went West Virginia, and we ended up playing UCLA in a regional final. This past year, we played Pitt, and then we get to Texas in the Sweet 16. So if you get in the tournament enough, you're going to have a great opportunity to advance. The key is it's not easy to make it. you got to get in it. Did you say anything this past year against Kennesaw State? Did, was, did you bring that up at all, like at, at the half? Or are you sitting there thinking to yourself, hold well, on, I, I've been here. First of all, the Mr. Photogenic Memory over there did. Uh, I don't know if you know this about Coach. His memory is amazing. My, I think mine is great, too, but his is, you know, he brought it up. I mean, I was thinking about it, too. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the difference. Coach back then, or just in general with teams, we were a defensive team. You know, we, we spread it out. You know, and uh, this year's team, last year's team was a little bit more offensive. And I, I didn't want to say anything because it was kind of two different styles. And uh, we we were, you know, no chip on our shoulder. Nobody gave us anything. And, uh, you know, but I, I definitely knew um, that we had it in us, you know, uh, last year to do it. Uh, we definitely had it in us. And uh, I wanted to see him do it and coach wanted to see him do it. And uh, that... The speech at halftime was fiery. <laughs> it was amazing. He talked about that. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just what they needed. It was just what they needed. But I'll tell you about that. They got it back on defense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They got it back. They got Kennesaw back on defense. We got it back on defense. So There's this uh, fun moment that happens sometimes in practice the last two years. And I, you might not even realize that this happens, but – Sometimes their practice is not going well and things might happen. Things might be said, you know, maybe it's, hey, we're doing a uh, perfect possession, Sean's favorite drill. But I, sometimes I, I catch you when these things happen. And it's almost like I see I you smiling. It. I love it. <laughs> he I loves love it. it. It's my favorite drill, number one, for two reasons, because it, it, it builds uh, a brotherhood, a connectivity of, uh, uh, that you need to bond together um, to get a stop. But also, I love the drill because offense is amazing in perfect possession. If you're on the offensive side of the ball, you can really go at somebody. Yeah. And you can keep them there all day. It's a drill. If you guys don't know what it is, it's a drill on defense where you're not allowed to. The, the offensive team is trying to score, and the defensive team is trying to. You can't. It's trying to get a stop, but you can't let them get an offensive rebound. You can't foul, and you can't let the, the ball get into the paint, but coaches change it now into the box. Back in our day, we couldn't get in the paint. Nobody could get in the paint. So what happens is if any of those things happen, a foul, they get it into the paint, or the box is what we call it, which is right in the rim around the charge circle now, or they score, or they get an offensive rebound, the clock resets. And what happens is – it'll get down to about eight seconds or something like that. And guys just try to flop or try to make a, you know, just get, just run like a football player into the paint. Say, ah, I got in the paint, you know? So it, it's, it's a fun drill because you really have to be locked in. You really have to trust your, your help. You have to know your coverage. You have to know everything because any type, any breakdown, um, the clock is going to reset. Yeah, it can you're, take be, a while. you're on defense and it's four on four. So yep. it's clearly to yeah. the offense's advantage. Yeah. But my point in telling that was that it's cool to see you on the other side now. And I think everything's a foul. <laughs> foul. First of yeah, all, because that's how they the did ref. me. So, <laughs> hey, it's the way you go. Foul. I don't want to hear nothing. Foul. It's a foul. Hand check. <laughs> foul. No, but I'm curious. What Can you remember the moment when, you know, Sean is back at Xavier. He gets, he gets rehired. And he, maybe he calls you. 
and presents you with this opportunity? Like, what's that like? Um, well, you know, actually, you know, me and coach kept in touch um, throughout my years overseas. So he kind of knew um, what I wanted my, my next steps and everything like that to be. And, you know, lucky everything was just, you know, in alignment. You know, I, I actually had uh, two years, two years left on my contract overseas. Um, and the time was now. It was either now or like never, in my yeah. opinion. So I decided to, you know, I'm really big on mastery. I'll just say that. And uh, I love the book uh, Mastery from Robert Greene. And then he talks about all the different types of mastery. And one of the things is just apprenticeship and learning from a master teacher, person you respect, who's a master in their, in their field. And, you know, having the humble and humility to 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 be humble and and have humility about you to 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 learn, you know, and, and be a constant learner. And that's kind of where I am is, I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of different opportunities and everything. But to learn uh, from coach and to learn, you know, coach comes from a line of coaches. His, his father was an amazing coach. You know, I, I don't come from coaches, but I I come from basketball players who can think. Um, but it's a different side to see what it takes to be successful, to see the passion, the obsession, um, the work ethic, the day to day. You know, the best thing about coaches, you know, he's on to the next thing. You know, I mean, maybe it's recruiting after this. Maybe it was just practice. Maybe it's coaching a player. Maybe talk. You don't understand the, the 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 locked in, how to be locked in to the next thing. It's what we talk to our players, and I can relate everything back to basketball just like he can, but. The biggest thing that I see from being on the other side, probably that was a question you were going to ask, is that um, how how important it is for a coach or what I'm learning from coach is that the next thing is important in life. You know, being able to let whatever was good or bad to, to be able to go on to the next thing, but also be prepared for the next thing. The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Payroll Partners, where you're not just a number. That means providing a best-in-class HR and payroll experience that was built on award-winning technology and live support customer service with a dedicated payroll specialist who's just a phone call away. You shouldn't have to choose between technology and customer service. At Payroll Partners, you get both. Payroll Partners is locally owned and operated by a proud Xavier alum, for more information or to request a free demo, visit payrollpartners.net. That's payrollpartners.net. What's it been like for you to watch like BJ's evolution? Yeah, at one point, you're an assistant coach watch, walking into his living room trying to get him to come play for you at Xavier. And now it's like he's on, he's on your bench. He's at practice every day trying to make these new guys better. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you have BJ and Dante and, and Ryan Anderson, you know, three guys that are on my staff that 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 I recruited, the staff that I was on recruited, you coached them and you know, really it's things come full full circle, you know, yeah. to to be able to uh to now have them alongside of me and especially somebody like BJ because the one thing that always stood out about BJ is, you know, he he really truly loved Xavier. He loved it. He loved the school. He loved the fans. He love, loved the people coach, love, here. Love, love, love. Yeah, and, 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 and he does. He he loves love. it. So bringing him back, the passion that he has is very genuine. It's who he was as a player. I think it's part of his success story because he embraced the challenges. 
He never ran from anything. And this is a place that, that brought out the best in BJ, not only on the court, but off the court. So to now have him as part of our staff and, you know, giving him this opportunity, allowing him to be, get his foot in the door, you know, I have no doubt he's going to be a really good coach and this is going to springboard him into what I hope is a career because, you know, basketball, regardless of level, regardless of place, you know, it needs people that love the game like him, that care about young people like him, that all he has to do is talk about his story and he has immediate credibility. And it's great for, for us to have him working day in, day out with our current players because they know BJ, who he is today. They didn't understand the unbelievable competitor he was. And, and look, I think BJ will tell you this. He's not the most athletic guy. Uh, he has great size, and he could shoot the basketball. But his shooting really improved as well through his own work. But jump high, run fast, there's plenty of players that you could say could do both of those. But the competitive spirit and fire that was inside of him, I haven't coached too many players in, in during my run in time that give more of themselves to the team and the program they're a part of than what he did as a player. And what I would say is, those same things are a part of who he is in the role that he has with us today. Yeah, he's still fiery. I watch him in practice. Scout team, scout team gets a stop. He's celebrating. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. got. Uh, he'll have. We'll knee see. He's on the off. rebound. He's yeah. on the rebound side of things right now. Meaning, really on our guys about offensive rebound and effort and and defensive blocking out and holding young guys accountable and holding guards accountable and. Trust me, rebounding isn't fun. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, all the work that he's putting in to help us in an area that, quite frankly, we need some help in right yeah. now. And he still I mean, plays in TBT. I mean, yeah, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I grew up in an era where trash talk was every day, you know, and it, it's just it's embodied in me. So and it, I use it to get myself going, to get my teammates going. And, and honestly, now I make sure that our guys is ready. I, I talk trash from the set, the moment I see him in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> and when I hit you with that fadeaway <laughs> barbecue chicken, that garbage. You know, I just it's 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 uh it's a it's a thing that I know works. Um, I got I believe that you know our scout team is the best uh, scout team in the Big East, and, and and honestly, it doesn't matter if we are or not. I got them believing it, and I believe it. You know, and uh, that's gonna help you know our team. And, uh, and uh, just the way, you know, our approach to that every day, the way coach uses the scout team is, um, is, is very important. And um, for, for me, that, that edge, and that's what, you know, I, in my era of players, if you would say, we had that chip, we had that edge. You're not gonna do that to me. I don't care how old I am. I don't care. You're not. You're not blowing by me. You must have traveled. <laughs> you made a shot. You probably. You missed it. I don't know. You, nobody saw it. It's all right. We don't got it on film. I'm just a you know a, a jokey, jokey guy. But at the same time, you're not gonna do that to me. I, I don't care. And I hope that they can get that from me. You know, it's just like nah, mm -mm, not here. You know, and um, I think they love it. They always joke with me about it. They get happy when they score on me today. And they should be doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I try to make it as hard as I can. He's a big two guard. Oh, yeah. When you think about it, that's one of our famous lines when mm -hmm. we bring in somebody recruiting and say, BJ, he was our starting two guard. And these guys are like, come on. Is he really, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, they don't But in, in Europe and for most of your professional career, and I think it's important, BJ, you talk about that, at least in, as we summarize here, mm. 
you know, you played overseas as a, as a professional player for 13 years. Yeah. And that's a long career. That's a long time. Tricked them, coach. But you didn't play the two over there. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know, and honestly, coach, I didn't play a guard either when I was in high school. I don't think you forgot. You know, I was a four man, four or five in high school. And coach, you know, for sure said to me, uh, you know, you know, BJ, you know, you're going to be a two, three, you know, you come here, you're going to be a two, three. And I was like, oh, you know, happy about it. But that led to a lot of struggles my freshman mm -hmm. year. I never, ever had guarded on the perimeter and trying to go guard Stanley Burrell. <laughs> was a problem <laughs> but um yeah no i played 13 years uh overseas and i played in multiple you know positions um overseas i played two three four but i ended up playing some four some five they love small small ball big big body but also going back to college i played a little point guard coach don't don't forget about that miami of ohio all right we had some foul we had some some injuries okay played played a little pg you okay, it was, it was God, we must two, have had about five guys get hurt. Yeah, we did. It was, I think, two. <laughs> That's something two, I don't remember. Two, two, listen, listen, we can roll the tape. <laughs> there was some, two, two was out, somebody was out. Dante was hurt, I don't know. Something happened. But I started at the point guard, I remember. Because I remember because I had gave a pep talk to D. Brown and CJ the, the night before. We were, the, you know, the, the three older guys. And I was like, hey, man, you know, coach. You know, I can't have, you know, we were like six or seven and oh, and I was like, man, listen, this is a big deal. I'm at the PG. We can't lose this game, you know, and if I if we lose this game, it's going to be my fault because <laughs> I'm over at the, you know, at the one and not at the two. So long story short, summarize, put it all in a nutshell. We got down by like 11 or 15 points or something. I think it was like 11 or 12 points. And um I start looking over at D Brown because I told him, I said, man, you got to pick up the slack. I got to try to run the show. I can't shoot that much because, you know, I want to, but don't make me because it will turn into Mamba mentality out here. <laughs> so I told him this the night before. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Talk to CJ. And they was like, yo, we got you. We got you. We gonna, you know, duh. we're down 11 points. I look over. No lie. Look over at D Brown and say, hey, man, Mamba's getting ready to come out. I'm about to shoot from half court. We are not losing this game. But long story short, um, D. Brown ended up having like 25, 26 points. CJ ended up stepping up. We ended up beating uh, Miami, Ohio. I think it was that home game. And the next game, I remember because I wanted to shoot. I, it was itching me. I think I only had like I had like 13 points. But I remember the next game for sure was the Auburn game. I went back to the two and I lit it up because it was just like from the. All right, now I'm back. I can You're be back, back to home. myself. Yeah. <laughs> I can just look to, to fill it up. I still remember. But I play some PG. We can look back on it. We can look back on it. Because I, I, I never, I never let D. Brown or anybody forget about it. I play some PG, too. We'll get Paul to find it. He'll cut it oh, out. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll splice it up. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it out there. Uh, you know, when you think back to those teams, and you guys have talked about it a lot here, like the defensive identity, right? The toughness. And when you think back to your first time here, Sean, and, and now bringing that here again and, and just this, the way that Xavier always has been built, at least to me looking at it growing up and, and following this program and the way that it was always built was you're in the A-10, you have this chip on your shoulder. You just want to progress from conference to conference to conference. You get that defensive identity, that toughness, play with that chip on your shoulder. And you look at this group that, that you guys had, you, D. Brown, C.J. Anderson, these guys that any Xavier fan listening to this show right now would tell you are some of the toughest guys that you can think of when you think of a Xavier uniform. So now when you see this 
program and where it is right now and the heights that it's achieved being in the Big East, one of the best basketball conferences in the country. How, how gratifying is that for you, BJ, to feel like you were a part of laying that foundation in a huge way, especially with the NCAA tournament success that you had? Um, to be honest with you, I don't, I, I don't know if it's about the guys as much. I think it's about the coach. You know, he instills a mentality in you. Just not gonna do that to you. You're gonna let him do that to you. I still hear him saying today, you gonna let him do that to you? <laughs> you gonna let him do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Coach, he ain't letting you, yeah, he ain't gonna let a lot of things fly. <laughs> when it comes to like manhood, manly, like nah, you gotta be rough. You gotta be tough. And that's 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 accredited to him. You know, like uh he he doesn't let none of that soft stuff fly. And uh, you can, you know, D. Brown, that's my guy, but he's a soft guy really at heart. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest. All right? we'll just throw it in the air, let him dunk it. That's all he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you got him, like, banging a little bit, nah, he yeah, yeah, don't really like all that. You know, just kidding. He knows. But, uh, no, but, uh, no, that's, that's I think coaches really can, can instill a mentality um, into a team, into a player um, that they can they can – Feel that role facade on the court. Don't take it off the court, but on the you know within the constructs of basketball, that's Coach Miller right there. He instills that toughness and grittiness, and uh, you can see it how he is on the sideline. You can see it. You can see it. You know the flashes you you guys see on the side. We see it every day. You know so. <laughs> nah, but, that. But you know, BJ, your your era, and you know that was before I I left and went to Arizona. But you know the the theme of you know OKG. Our kind in of guys. recruiting is, you know, we're, we're after our kind of guys. I think every coach that's trying to build a program, you know, you, you have to get people that fit the university, fit what we're trying to build, care a lot about winning, you know, and that group, you start naming names, and there's so many others, you know, for example, Jason Love, who for me is one of my all-time favorite players because I don't think that there's anybody that I've coached or been around that is a better teammate and a better competitor. I mean, he could care less about his own numbers. He cared a lot about his performance, but it was always about him playing for the win and talk about having a defensive mindset and improving and growing and being somebody that all of us could really depend on. You know, Jason Love is, he, he's a definition of an, an OKG here at Xavier. Mm -hmm. uh, to Holloway. You know, BJ only played with two for one year, but part of what allowed him to have so much success as a senior is this guy as a freshman. It was a sign of things to come. He had the ner he had nerves of steel. Like he he was unflappable. Even going into the San Juan shootout, if you look at it, in November pre Thanksgiving, his freshman year, like he went to the free throw line in one of those games, may have gone ten for ten to ice it. Might have been the Memphis game. You know, he just, it was just, he had this, he was unflappable. And obviously as he grew and became bigger and older and more to his game, I mean, think about the presence he had here for four years. It's incredible. But when we were, when he came here, not everybody was a believer in who he was as a player. I don't know if anybody had a crystal ball that could say he's going to be one of the all-time great guards at at Xavier and really from a college perspective, there aren't too many point guards that had a better career than two Holloway had here at Xavier. So uh, we had, what we did a great job of is we accumulated a group of competitors and unselfish people that loved Xavier and played to win. And I think that 
BJ is the definition of that yeah. in many, many ways. Yeah. The Sean Miller Podcast is brought to you by Deer Park Roofing, and their company motto is protect what's important. Deer Park is not just another storm-chasing roofing company. They're invested in your community and truly care about the people in it. You can trust them to do the job right. Deer Park has highly trained professional technicians who make sure your residential or commercial roofing system is installed correctly and quickly. For a free estimate, visit DeerParkRoofing.com today. That's DeerParkRoofing.com. Couple more things before we wrap up the show here. In that quick break, Isaac Feely, uh, who's done a great job here behind the scenes helping us with this show, he pulls up the quote. This is a 60 to 53 Xavier win over Miami of Ohio. Uh, Sean, you had this to say about BJ running the point. You said, Sean, uh, you called BJ your 10th option at point guard before the season, <laughs> and you had to bring the ball up the court. Here's a quote. When BJ Raymond has to play point guard in a really clutch game, you're at the bottom of the barrel, Miller said. <laughs> He's never played point guard for a second in his career, and he did for 10 of the toughest minutes out there today. It's all about surviving more than anything. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> No words needed to put it on that. I said it, it, it all. Trust me on this. This is this is a true story. True story. When I was a freshman, I'm a guard. Coach made a mandatory rule: no ball screens for BJ Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> if you're coming at him, he has to throw it at you and use it as a handoff. We went from do not ball screen for BJ Raymond to give it to him and let him run the show and set the table, baby. Let it go. That's how you know. That's how you grow. All right. Uh, one one other question I had before we get to our last segment is you spent so long in Europe in your playing career, and now on this current Xavier team, there are three international players that I'm wondering, have you been able to talk with them in the short time that they've been here so far, kind of been able to relate to them or, or help them in their transition over here to the states. Yeah, I played in two, all, pretty much all of their countries, but played in two of the team, uh, two of the players' countries. Um, so I can I can relate to on the flip side, and I'm always you know checking and seeing how they they really are doing, you know, because a lot of times that first answer they're just gonna, I'm good. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. then you you gotta you gotta be like, nah, it's it's cool. Like you know, how are you adjusting to the time, the weather, being away from you know, your family, you know, how's the food, you know, and, and things like that, because, you know, it's different, you know, and um, the it's 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 important uh, because I've been over there and, and felt alone sometimes that uh, somebody, you know, just constantly asking, like, how you're doing, but also remembering what they said and what was this and uh, what was their problem with this or what was, you know, what they think they, you know, want to yeah. have a conversation with them, a real conversation, not just like, how are you doing? Sure. You know? All right, so BJ, we have a few pictures here. No lord, we want you to describe the feeling that hopefully, you see. Hopefully, you got my good side. When, it, when you see these pictures, flash them up on the screen. Here's your first picture. Oh, that's my guy Jamel Cornley. First of all, shout out to him. We played them all Ohio together. Um, but oh my god, see, you, you realize I had hair. Okay, I had braids. <laughs> look at that. And what, it was great hair. Uh, yeah, um, you know that's back to my high school days. You look um, the exact same. Thank you, Coach. That's a lie. Wow! Shots fired. <laughs> um, but no, um, that was an amazing game for me, actually. I would say one thing, BJ, is, you know, your high school program. I mean, excellent, excellent coach. Coach Heinschel. Coach Heinschel, baby. I mean, Hall of Famer. Uh, Brian Roberts, teammate. Yep. 
Yep. And we played against the Dayton, but played in the NBA. Yep. Had a great career overseas and in the NBA. Wow. Zach, who went to Notre Dame. I yep. mean, uh, that's your high school. And, and you guys were all in the you, same class? Uh, right? No, you Brian, were Brian was a year older than me. Brian was a year older, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, we had Andrew. We had A-Tay. Yeah. We had Andrew mm -hmm. Taylor, who yep. was a Xavier guy, ended up being a Xavier guy. It's a heck of a team. Um, we right. had, like, six D1s on our team. Right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this is the game to go to the uh, the state championship. So, I mean. So right. you won this game. Yeah, we won this game. All right. We won this game. Next okay. up. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's my girl, Nikki McCoy. Shout out. That's my homie. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that goes back to um, just the work um, that uh, – and still Brian Roberts left, so I was able to get a player of the year finally. <laughs> no. Um, but, no, that's just uh, – my senior year, um, one of the things that uh, a company from the work that I put in. All right. Somebody got subbed out. <laughs> Mace to the face. <laughs> All right. It looks like I just hit a big shot. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's your go-to, it looks like. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that looks like that's chicken dinner right there. That's Look winter. at Joe Sunderman over here. He's excited. Joe I Sunderman. This is the, the shot against West Virginia to go to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Yep, that's chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Onions. Would this have been UCLA? That might have been the first media timeout against UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> Consoling him already. Yeah, I mean, I, I it looks like I just did something no. crazy. You could tell, you could see I'm it on my face. I'm going to say that's probably, uh, Pitt would have been your last game, right? Probably at the very, very Pitt. end, maybe, when it was all over. Yeah, that, yeah. Might, that, might, that might be it. Yeah. yeah. That might. How about this? Stop eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I'm in Italy. Um, still giving out work. <laughs> look, at the difference, look at the difference, though, between, if I can get it, that B.J. Raymond, and then that B.J. Raymond, and then what we just saw. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, the emotions, you know, the emotions uh, – uh, different right there, you know. I guess I'm at the line. Somebody couldn't guard me. They found me, put me on the line. <laughs> All right, and I think this is the last one. Nope, two more. How about oh. this? You come back. Uh, that 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 emotion I felt right there is that like, Yo, Adrian, <laughs> <laughs> Rocky. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember. You that. You lose, you win, but hey, you know what I'm saying? I did it. I made it to the top. Yo, Adrian, I just finished. That game was in Centos, <laughs> and people. Xavier fans were literally chanting for, for you to get in that game. You got in, and you hit a three. That was oh, fun. TBT. Yeah. TBT. I mean, it was somebody, nobody could have written it any better. Yeah. That, that, honestly, that memory was a, it was a, it was a lifetime, when it, for a lifetime for me. When I actually seen it um, through the clips of, you know, how the arena erupted, uh, had my sons there, um, that moment after looking at it after – during the game, it was just like, you know, I made a shot, you know, people got, you know, uh, you know. But then when I actually seen the love and I seen it, it was an emotional moment for everybody there. I, I appreciate that, you know. Um, that was That's a moment that'll, that'll last me a lifetime. I really yeah. appreciate it. All right. And then talking about emotion, how about this one? Last one. Oh, yeah, that's my Rome dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dog. And this yeah. would have been either Kennesaw State or Pitt this past year down in Greensboro. Yeah, no, I think this is uh, – uh, I think it was to go to Sweet 16, I think. I'm not I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know that uh, 
Rome just had an amazing game. He did. I, I, um, at, at yeah. Pitt, whatever game. Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he had amazing games in both of them. Honestly. Yeah. I, honestly, I if if it would have clipped better, I probably knocked him down. I hit him with a <laughs> real man's chest bump, and he didn't take it like a man. I did. That. <laughs> but no, he. Uh, you know that I was I was fired up, and um, just being on the other side and be, you know seeing the work that guys put in. You know, from 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 Rome, where you know, it reminded me like of myself in my career, where in the beginning it was rough, it was tough. You know, he was trying to fight, find his way. You know, with the new coach and a new system, um, and, and and it didn't look like it was going to go his way. But you know, just just you know, you know, the results can affect the work. No matter no matter if you're doing good or you're doing bad. You know, and he just stuck with it, working extra, doing extra, and honestly, just the the extra reps is some. And somebody just looking over him was what is what he needed. You know, just the extra work, the extra reps is also what we believe in, and just to see it come out on that stage for you know the NCAA tournament and and, and him to be out there. You know, it was a it wasn't a it was truly an emotional moment to to have that love and care for a kid. You know. Yeah. All right, John. Any final thoughts before we sign off here? No, I mean, I think that in some ways, uh, you know, that this last screen captures a lot of, of why we're doing the podcast. And it's, you know, you have somebody like BJ that actually played for the same travel team or in the same city, not the same travel team, uh, but all Ohio Red and mm -hmm. Rome played on uh, the Adidas team in Columbus. Okay. But two guys from Ohio, mm -hmm. you know, from different different generations, both here at Xavier and, you know, that magical moment, March Madness, advancing in the NCAA tournament, how it can really bring people together. And I think most importantly, like how much it means, how special it means all those days that you you work when you're younger and you think about, well, I ever have a chance to play in a tournament or I want to be on a team that gets to the Final Four when it's actually reality. It's something that you just you can't put into words. It's, it's emotions that you have for the rest of your life. And you kind of see B.J., and, and him sharing in, in that. And uh, and that's why it's what it's about. we got to keep keep getting there. BJ, thanks for coming on. First former player on the show. Thanks. I yeah. loved it. There I we go. We'll keep it. the I first going. Yeah. <laughs> keep it going. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Of course, thanks to our sponsor, Deer Park Roofing, for helping make all this possible. We'll see you next time. Make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends, especially for watching this on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on all podcast platforms, share it around, follow us on all social media at Sean Miller Pod. We'll see you next time on the Sean Miller Podcast. This has been the Sean Miller Podcast, presented by Deer Park Roofing, with your hosts, Paul Fritchner and Adam Baum. Join us again soon for another episode with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller.